ultimately, I'm going to keep saying it, get 1% better every day. Just get a little bit better every day. This podcast is brought to you by DirecTV Stream. Get rid of the clutter and the confusion as well. And get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. And with that, I'd like to welcome you to our latest episode of 1% Better. And the Colts, they are a little better because they are now on the board. Zach, uh, I'm Stephen Holder, by the way. Zach Kiefer is with me. And the Colts now are one in three. We're recording this tonight after a rousing, I guess, <laughs> 27-17 victory over the Miami Dolphins. And woohoo, they're on the board. Uh, so, okay, let's just start really, really basic here, Zach. Uh, they're relieved, right? Um, you know, d- did you learn anything about this team today? I learned the Dolphins are terrible. Uh, Fair. But as for the team that we cover, um, I think they're moving in the right direction. I think they were a little bit better today. Now, they were not perfect. There were still some sloppy moments, and we're going to get into those. And I think I turned to you late in the third quarter and said, I don't know how much we learned about this team today. This was an average team beating a bad team, if you want to look at it in that lens. But I did see some stuff I liked, and I think we should start with that because they won. They're on the board. I thought we saw, and you wrote about this, we kind of saw what Carson Wentz can look like, right? He made some plays yeah. today that we haven't seen a Colts quarterback really make in a couple years. And that's exciting because I think with time and two healthy ankles, this guy could be pretty dang good. The line struggled, but we saw Jonathan Taylor find a way to really become Jonathan Taylor again, right? A hundred yards. You know, he told those guys before the game, you know, I got your back today. And and that was really encouraging because that's what they want to be. They want to be a team that runs the ball until the defense forces them to not run the ball. Um, they finally threw the ball to Mo Ali Cox in the end zone. I've been screaming <laughs> it. And he had two touchdowns and, and, and on the set, uh, he wasn't even open on one of them. Like he was not even open. And the guy had his hand still on the ball and Mo Ali's mitts took it. So there was positives to take on offense, on defense. You know, they had another takeaway, but I don't know how much credit I can give them for beating up Jacoby because Jacoby was terrible today. Uh, what did you take away from that? Like, were you encouraged by the defense today? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, they, they did the job. I mean, they were, I would say the Dolphins throughout that game until the end, they made the numbers look a little better. They didn't move the ball. They did not no, move the ball. And so what, what I would take away from it is, okay, yeah, hooray, okay, right? The Dolphins' offense is a complete <laughs> disaster, right? So you did what you were supposed to do. But that's the point. They did what they were supposed to do because, frankly, they haven't shown anything in recent weeks. So I think there have been – as much as we have talked about the offense and the offensive line and the play calling and all this stuff, right, the one thing that we weren't supposed to have to worry about was the defense, okay? And – you can say it's not an elite defense. Yeah, no one's saying that now. But if you're elite, if you if you're at least good, a decent defense, right? You're supposed to go out in games like this and handle your business. So they did that. I think that's a step in the right direction. Uh, again, they don't deserve a parade. They did what they're supposed to do. But that's kind of half the battle in the NFL, right? And and then we find right. out how good you are against the Baltimores of the world, which you're going to see next week. So we'll, we'll have that conversation next week. But I, I really think that's what it boils down to, right? Just how do you do 
against opponents that, you know, you are superior to. I think the Colts have more talent than the Miami Dolphins. And I thought that was evident today. But better teams lose to less talented teams all the time. <laughs> so uh, Hint, I, Tennessee Titans losing to the Jets today. Exactly. So I, I take I think there's something to take away from that. I'm not saying it's it's enough to to turn everything around. And, and, and what has happened did happen, right? Those last three games happened. You saw them with your own eyes. And this so is I the first not, time they've played a lesser team. You know, it's true. It, you know, depending on how you want to rank them. It's also the first time, and and this is congruent with with the talent level of the opponent, maybe. But it's also the first time they played a complete game. I mean, it, it, they did have the muffed punt, but I thought elsewhere on special teams they were fine today. And offense and defense, as we've already described, they did the job. It, it was a pretty complete game, you know. And I thought the coaching was solid. They. I thought Frank Reich, he was in a groove today. No one's complaining about play calling today, right? You know, right. so the red zone, they got in the end zone, did what they had to do there. So, you know, I think this is what it's supposed to be when you, as, as you said, play a lesser opponent. Um, you know, they're, they've got to figure out how good they are, and then we'll figure out what constitutes a lesser opponent to the Colts, <laughs> you know. but Yeah, and to figure out how good they are, they need to get healthy. And that's something you yeah. cannot overlook. And this is not something I thought I would be saying. They missed Rocky Seen. And that's not yeah, to they had, overlook. They struggled they, that corner. They, they mightily miss Braden Smith. Everyone who watched the game understands that Julian Davenport cannot get it done at right tackle. They brought in Matt Pryor. They brought Davenport back in. Fisher has struggled for two of the three games he's been back. Um, you think he will get it going as the season progresses and he gets more stable at that left tackle spot. But, you know, this team is not going to be the same until they give Carson Wentz time. But we had this conversation in the press box. This dude can do some stuff. And he's still at, what, 80% with those two ankles. And he's shrugging off Frank Reich's suggestion that he takes a sack as as opposed to run the bootleg on that on that play. I mean, this guy can make some stuff happen. And that's where you can win some games with the quarterback you know, playing above the rest of the team. I think, I guess my question to you is how long do we have to wait until we see the full Carson Wentz? Because we haven't seen him four games in. Yeah, I think that for good reason, right? As you outlined, I, I think that now that he's, well, and it's not just Carson too, right? It's it's the offensive line that has prohibited him from from playing the way he wants to play. And so what happens when the quarterback gets, Gets a little better protection. I thought the line did a better job today. It was not perfect. Okay. It was not perfect at all, but it was functional for the yeah. most part. Right. So, what happens when you get an offensive line doing a little better job, enabling the quarterback to work? You hit, you have the quarterback who's been just beat up getting a little bit better, enabling him to play the way he wants to play. Now, what happens? Now, all of a sudden, your offense looks like it's actually got a clue. The coach, as actually dialing things up and working pre-snap motion and the route combinations are working. The play action is working. Why? Because the running game. Because the creases. running game got yeah. going. And it all works together when, when it's, when things are in be- better position to work, basically. I mean, and, and what they have is they have a quarterback who this is the biggest reason I think it's Carson Wentz. It's just more functional now. I mean, the guy we saw a week ago, he couldn't move. He could not move. And it is what it is. I mean, well, we can get into why he had to play. 
<laughs> which is relevant <laughs> to some news today, right? Jacob Eason being inactive for this game, yeah. which tells you everything you need to know. And uh, I'll throw out a little tidbit about him in a little bit that we can get to um, that will maybe clarify some things for people. But yeah, I mean, I, I just think we're start- I, I think the people who have judged this team, they're, they're right to have the right to feel the way they feel about the Colts. Look, I don't know if they're going to be good. I don't. And I am not promising you that based on this game. But it is also fair to say, look, don't judge this team yet because yeah. this is a shell of what it's supposed to be. So let, let's let's give them time. Let's see. Show me, don't tell me, right? Well, this maybe is the start of showing them, showing us. I, I don't know. Let's see what happens in Baltimore. Um, let me ask you this. The... I, I thought there were some some key players. It's not just Carson Wentz. There are some key players that I thought played better today. Like, for example, it's guys like Darius Leonard. He looked healthier today. He had a real yeah. impact on this game. Kenny Moore, for example, he had an, an impact on this game, whereas I thought Kenny Moore had been extremely disappointing in the last few weeks. I don't know what was going on there. Uh, you had guys like I thought even um, – even on the offensive line, I mean, I think Eric Fisher was a little better today. He he had an up and down game last week. Your best players got to play well, right? That's bottom line. Ture, Kamoko Ture, hello, welcome to 2021. <laughs> so, are you starting? Is, is that a function of the opponent? Do you think, or are guys getting it together? What do you think? And maybe we can't answer that, but what do you think? Yeah, I mean, it's the first time they've played a team that's not good, and those always help, right? And, and you mentioned sure. it earlier, they they had to take care of business. They did. They deserve credit for that. They needed this. And Frank Reich said after the game, it, it was time. You know, they hadn't won a game since week 17 in Jacksonville last year against Jacksonville. So sometimes it's just good to win and, and feel that. I mean, we heard the celebrations in the locker room, and this was not a quiet celebration. This team had been waiting a long time for this. Carson Wentz had lost seven s- straight starts. Um, and it goes back to what you said a minute ago. Your best players need to play your best. Jonathan Taylor, Carson Wentz, Darius Leonard looked better, like Kenny Moore, like you mentioned. They finally had a pass rush and, and they started to look like the Colts again in a little bit. They're not there yet. And I wrote about this because I wasn't overly sold by this performance against a bad team. They still, I mean, Naheem muffed the punt. Carson missed an obvious throw in the end zone that, that I could have made, that you could have made, that anybody out there could have made. Um, they still, you know, they got one play from Paris Campbell. When is he going to do more than that? Mm. Um, Darius lost the guy on fourth and one in the red zone. I mean, that's just inexcusable. And a good team like the Ravens are going to make you pay for that. So they still seem like they're making football hard. Like I felt like this game should have been 35 to three. Maybe that's too much right now for this team as banged up as they are. But you get the turnover. Jacoby can't hit a throw to save his life. And and you just keep letting them back in the game and you let them have two scoring drives late and two touchdowns. And it just it just feels like this team is just not there yet. They're not buttoned up yet. And they no, had eight penalties no. and they keep getting in their own way. And I do believe they're going to play better football as we get rolling into the season and they get guys back. But where are they going to be at? Like, what's their record going to be? And are the playoffs going to be? A dream by that point because you're two and six. I mean, this could go any number of ways. Today didn't really sell me on either direction, but we did talk about this as well. You know, Ture was pissed after last week. He hadn't had a sack at all this season, and he went to Buckner and said, we got to get this right. And so what did Buckner do? Buckner calls a players-only meeting, and I know we hear about this a lot in sports, players-only meeting. Colts haven't had one in, in three years. The last time they did it was 2018 when they were one and five. 
And oddly enough, it was Jacoby who called that one. Hmm. Um, and, and, and I don't know if save this season is the right term. We all know what happened. They won nine to 10. They started playing good football behind that offensive line, which really came together. But you made a good point in the press box. You said at least it shows you that they knew the stakes, right? This right. team knew that they're supposed to be a good team and they were playing bad football and they care. I don't think the Dolphins are going to call a players only meeting tomorrow. They're one and three and they're terrible. And I don't think they, you know, really have the same impetus to do that right now. I think the Colts, they care about this. They don't want this season to go off the rails. And the fact that Buckner called it and, and Alquadi Mahama stood in front of everyone and said, look, if you're hurt, you got to practice. We're all hurt. This is the NFL. We need you to practice. And I think those words ring true to this team right now. They've got a bunch of guys injured. Ten different starters have missed a game or more. But maybe that means something in the long run. Maybe we look back and say, well, they had the players only meeting and that really turned the season. They played a little bit better today, not a lot better, but sometimes it's just good to get a win. And so maybe they're off to the right track, but this Monday night in, in Baltimore is going to be fun. Yeah, I I saw some things that that are positive signs, that, and I don't think these are necessarily a product of quote-unquote team meeting, but or player-only meeting. But what I do think what I do think that meeting demonstrates is, as you stated, and I did say that, yeah, that they're they're invested, right? This matters. That's a good thing. And the byproduct of that, I think, is Wednesday they had this meeting, I believe, prior to Wednesday's practice, and then Wednesday it was actually heard, it was actually Monday. Well, there you go. Monday, Monday they had the, the meeting. Wednesday they go out there, and we have now had multiple players independently say that Wednesday was the most physical practice by far of the entire season. And in fact, of multiple seasons in some cases, some players said uh, Ryan Kelly, I believe. So well, Wally Cox said it was the toughest he's had in five years here. That's right. That's right. So I think that tells you that those guys went out there with some purpose on Wednesday. And there's no question about it. I think, I think there's something to be said for that because you know what's been one of their biggest problems, I think, is a lack of preparation because <laughs> guys haven't practiced. And I think, they have to stop taking that for granted. You can't take that for granted. You got to be ready because teams are ready for you. You got to be ready. And I think that if nothing else, that's what we have learned so far this season. A team that's not well prepared isn't going to perform well. It just doesn't. I mean, this, this stuff is so sophisticated and so technical. The things that, that you're doing out there and execution has to be so high level that you can't half ass it. You cannot. You absolutely cannot. And the, what have we seen the first few weeks? I've seen bad effort. I've seen absolutely horrible execution. Those kinds of things. I didn't see those things today. They and weren't so maybe, ready. Maybe in isolated ready to start instances. the season. Yeah. But I, I thought the fact that those things were not evident today, that was a great, great sign. Because, listen, even if you're overmatched, the one thing you can always do is you can always play hard and play to the whistle, right? That's why – Matt Eberflus stresses that. The other thing you can do is you can be where you're supposed to be, right, and execute. And if the other team's better than you, then somebody's going to be there to defend that pass or someone's going to uh, be able to to block you and, and impede you from getting to the quarterback, whatever it is, right? But at least give yourself a chance. You should be, give yourself the best chance possible. So I think that's starting to happen. So it's all positive. Um, there's no – I mean, there are some negatives if you look for them today, but I think the overwhelming takeaways are positive. The question is just how much they matter, right? That's really the question. Um, so 
other thing I want to just get to real quickly before we move on is so this this Jacob Eason thing, I think it doesn't matter, but it is interesting, right? I mean, we saw that come <laughs> yeah. out today and it was kind of like, whoa. Uh, because Carson Wentz, listen, we have learned, if we've learned nothing so far, we know that this guy gets hurt, <laughs> okay? And <laughs> I tell you what, I think it, he is clearly out of the picture now, Jacob Eason. He's clearly out of the picture. He's inactive in a game where the quarterback is not 100%. So Brett Hundley was the the backup today. I saw Sam Ellinger down on the field before the game. He's not even on the active roster yet. He's down there working out, working up the lather. Uh, he's getting close to getting back on that active roster. I really think he's going to be the backup quarterback before long. I know it sounds crazy. I, I think I it's going to happen. I agree with you. I agree with you. And for those who don't agree with us, just wait. Just wait. Yeah. What is going on with Jacob Eason, right? You guys keep asking. And I'm going to try to say this in a subtle way to not, you know, give away, um, to not <laughs> tick off sources. <laughs> but, Good luck. Right. But, like, part of his problem has been, I think, it's not just do they trust him. There's a reason. Why, why, why do you not trust a player, right? Either they're not good enough, they don't know what they're doing, or whatever it is, right? In this case, it's more about his command of the offense. Does he, can he go out there and function and run the offense the way he needs to? And to do that, you have to have a very, very good command of the offense. I think that's where there are some questions. That's where there's some questions right now about Jacob Eason. I, I can only presume the questions are very, very legitimate because their actions tell me that. And I tell you, I mean, I don't want to beleaguer this point because this is not a podcast about Jacob Eason, but I want your thoughts on this long-term and long-term is like six weeks at this point, but like (laughs) he's only in his second year, but like what's his immediate future? Do you think he's going to be on this roster? Are we talking about a guy who's not on the roster soon? Do they demote him? Is he on the practice squad? I, I absolutely think that's a possibility. It has to be a possibility. Now, if Ellinger comes back and, and climbs to that backup role, I don't know what you do with, with Hunley and or Eason. I want to say mm-hmm. this, though. Hunley was not good in training camp. Like, no. I'm not making this up. Like, he was not good in training camp. So, the fact that he's your backup right now with a quarterback on two wobbly ankles is very telling. And I think it's twofold. One, that they don't trust Eason. He hasn't developed like they wanted him to. And they can say whatever they want publicly, but they're saying much more by not even having him active today. I mean, the guy's in gym shorts on the sideline. That tells you something. And then secondly, um, you know, they, they, they just made a mess of this quarterback situation. And I don't know, I don't know if you can, if you can protect Jacob Eason and keep him on the roster and see if he develops that. Is is that something you can develop? Can you develop a guy who, you know, hasn't learned the playbook like you want and hasn't developed a, a control of the offense like you want in this time? Or do you just cut your losses? That's going to be interesting because, you know, Sam and Sam and Jacob couldn't be more different quarterbacks. They could not be more different. Um, and, and, and again, you had this guy taking first team reps every single day in training camp. I mean, Eason had his chance with the first team. And what Frank Reich and, and Chris Bowden have done over the last month is tell you where they think he's at right now. So, um, the good news, if you're the Indianapolis Colts, Carson Wentz's ankles are continuing to get better. And he's your quarterback, and you probably don't have to go to the backup unless something else happens. But um, that was a little bit of a surprise today that Jacob Eason wasn't even active. Yeah. I want to just button up a point I made about Carson Wentz earlier, and I 
I didn't fully get to flush it all the way out. So uh, my column I wrote, which is on The Athletic Now, our site, is, you know, are we – are we starting to learn who he is? And I, I made a point in there that I think is important. I probably waited till the end of the column to make it, which I, which was probably too late. But it's an important point. I don't know what the Colts' record is going to be this year. But you know what's also really important is knowing whether he's their guy. Okay? And I mean, like, be, for beyond this year. Because remember, the goal here is that this is their quarterback for the foreseeable future. I have no way of knowing that right now because it's just too early and too much has happened, <laughs> right? We let's let's let them get too, you know, worthy ankles before we start judging, right? But I, I mean, do you think? Do you feel strongly, or do you feel confident? I should say that a they will know that answer by the end of the year, and b how likely do you think the answer is affirmative on Carson? Hmm. That's a really good question. I think a hard one. There might not be a more important question right now surrounding this team. Remember, this is a four-year, $100 million gamble, right, that yep. Frank Reich put his neck on the line for. You know, I want to put my neck on the line for guys I believe in. That's what Frank said in the spring. And you, said, you started to see the glimmer today, glimmers of it, glimmers of plays that make him a special quarterback. And this is another part of your story that you mentioned. He had seven interceptions through this many games last year with the Eagles. We all know what happened. He has won this year and it was on that shovel pass that when he let the ball go, you know, Jack Doyle was there and then Aaron Donald blew up the play. That's a really telling thing for Carson Wentz. That's a really telling thing. And I think if they start to protect him, you're going to have a much better chance to get that question answered. And I do think you're going to have an affirmative that we like this guy and we can build around him. One, maybe I'm just being selfish because I don't want to cover another quarterback search in February. <laughs> God March. knows. And I know the Colts don't want to embark upon one and they're going to study the draft and they're going to study the quarterbacks coming out. But I don't think it's very deep in, in that regard this year like it was last year. Um, but look, to be frank, this team's got other issues, man. And if they can get that solved, they can attack whether they have questions at pass rush. I know they're going to have questions at cornerback. My God, Xavier Rhodes, is he ever going to figure it out or is he just he's a flag waiting to happen right now? So I'm getting off topic, but. You know, wide receiver. So, if you can well, get no, that it's solved, not off topic though. It's not because yeah, it's because here's why it's that, relevant. Yeah, you solve the biggest riddle of all, the one you've been trying to solve since August 24th of 2019, and all of a sudden you can attack the other things because you're going to have deficiencies. We'll see where this team is at in December and early January, but I I see something in Carson Wentz that's exciting, and I think if I'm a fan and I understand. Everything that's going into this season right now with, I mean, Davenport's getting burned every week and Fisher's not playing right and Quentin's out the next three weeks. If you get this team right around him, I think this dude can do special things and I think he's shown that so far. Right. Yeah. And as I was saying, uh, I interrupted you, but as I was saying, I mean, if you get that quarterback issue resolved, then now you can attack the rest of those issues because, David, they got a lot of issues. Okay. And yeah. I think... You know, we, you and I have talked about this too, and I'll, I'll, I'll address this at some point in print as well. But I, I do think you know Chris Ballard may have to go outside of the box this year, right? He may not be able to solve all his problems through the draft because that's a hard way to do. That's a hard way to go, and and you don't get immediate solutions in the draft either, right? So he may have to deviate a little bit from his 
his usual plan. You know, I'm sitting here watching the Patriots and Buccaneers right now as we're recording this. And, you know, Bill Belichick went off script this year and he went all in with free agents. I'm not saying it's going to work. We'll see. They're, you know, they're a half decent team. They're not, they're not that good. But my point is he realized, okay, I got to find a different plan this year because their team wasn't good. <laughs> okay. They were terrible yeah. last year and he decided that, that they had to go another route. So, uh, you know, I, just, you, you're not going to find instant fixes in the draft. You know, it's tempting in free agency, and sometimes you screw that up too. But my point is, he may have to go off off his script a little bit. It's going to be a very interesting offseason if they don't get this done. If they are not a really competitive team this year, it's going to be an interesting offseason because this was supposed to be them cresting now. They're supposed yeah. to be yeah. taking a turn toward, you know, being that team they, they sought to be. And so I say all maybe, of that. To maybe say, they are. Maybe they yeah, are. Maybe it's maybe. early. But my point is, it's a very, very long story. I just gave you the whole point, though, is to to add to all of those problems. A quarterback dilemma is just well, that's just too much. So if they can have that problem solved, it changes everything. So this is one so, last thing I wanted to say about Jacob Eason, and I know maybe I'm overthinking it, but. I know that he was thrown into a really tough situation against the Rams, as tough as they come, is what Frank Reich said. Frank knows this because he was a backup thrown into the very same situation. Jacob Eason had a golden opportunity to show you what he's about. And the entire time he looked like he was completely in over his head. And I understand he's facing an elite defense with Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey, and he's down three. But at no point in that drive and no point in those five throws did he ever look comfortable that's where backup quarterbacks make their money. That's where backup quarterbacks become starters. And that's where guys really solidify their, solidify themselves in this league. And he shrunk in that moment. And maybe that's the only moment he gets with this team in that situation. Maybe it's not. But that really told you something at that particular moment of where he's at. He didn't look comfortable. He didn't look like he knew what he was doing. He locked onto his receiver for four or five seconds. And the results couldn't have been worse, to be honest. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's the only regular season action he had, and they can glean a lot from that. You know, how did he manage the huddle? Did he, did he, how did he do with his cadence? You know, did he, did he, was he able to, to really lead the team in that situation? I, again, very, very, very tiny sample size. And that's not why they are handling this the way they are. It's not just that. But I think yeah. if you had doubts, okay, let's say you had doubts about the guy, and then he goes in the game and it goes like that. It's going. It's only going to solidify the way you only you already feel about him. I think you know. So I think it's more that than I agree with you. I think it's a factor. I think it, what it did though was solidify some of the things they were already thinking about Jacob Eason. You know, and it's unfortunate, but you know, again, that's why it's so important that this Wentz situation works out because what else do they have? <laughs> what else do they I don't have? What are you talking about, man? They got Sam Ellinger, man. He's the future. He, <laughs> Sam he to could the be the next Joe Montana, as Jim Mercer said. Oh, my God. Stop. <laughs> He's not. He's <laughs> People not. People are turning off this podcast all over the country right now. But, you know, it's it, that's like I said, it's, it's really important. They got to get this Wentz thing right. Not to mention, by the way, the draft picks they've invested. Okay. And so, and I know a lot of you want them <laughs> to protect that first rounder, but I don't think that's going to happen. I don't, I don't envision that happening. So, um, let's look ahead a little bit. So, Baltimore next week. I'm just looking at the schedule. So, to Baltimore, home for Houston, out to San Francisco, Tennessee comes to town, the Jets, 
Jaguars. Uh, so, I mean, I, I look at it this way. I'm not going to sit here and try to count wins because it's too early for that. But yeah, but I but I do think do you see opportunity for momentum? Like, you know, can they generate some, you know, can they generate something here? I, I look at, all right, Baltimore's going to be tough. Let's just be honest. Uh, Lamar is, he, last year he had his way with this team. And now coming home for Houston, I, I like him there. I, I think you better, if you're a serious team, you sweep Houston. Yeah. Um, you've got at San Francisco, that's a really hard game to forecast. I don't know how that's going to go. Uh, Tennessee, are they vulnerable? I mean, if you listen to the Jets, I worry about you. <laughs> okay. And then they play the Jets. Yeah. You know, so there's some there's some opportunities there. Jets, Jaguars, twice. You know, so I, I don't know. The 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 easy games, I, I said there's no easy game, but like the the bad teams, the games against bad teams are sort of countered by games against some really tough opponents, you know? Have you noticed that it's kind of like all right for every for every like Jacksonville game you've got a an Arizona who is like right. the surprise of the league right now you or, know or Buffalo right yeah Tampa Bay you know and I put San Francisco almost in that class you know I mean they're they're tough so I don't know it's gonna be interesting um, is there is there enough there for them to salvage this though I don't again we're not talking I, I'm not counting yeah. wins but like is there enough I think there is I think there I think there is I think there's a reason to have hope. And I say that as someone who didn't think they were particularly impressive today. But look, I mean, the AFC South is a mess right now. Yeah. The, the Texans are terrible. They were rolled today. The, the Titans lost to the Jets. The Jaguars have so many issues beyond the field right now with Urban Meyer and whatever the heck he was into <laughs> this weekend after their 0-4 start. If you've seen the video, you know what I'm talking about. So that's the Colts Avenue, right? Let's assume that wild card's probably not in play like it was last year. You got to win the AFC South. I still think it's possible. You're one game back at Tennessee. You could have beat Tennessee last week if your quarterback had one healthy ankle. He didn't. But that's the reality. That's the, that's the hole you dug yourself. There are tough games on this back half of this schedule for sure. You've got Tampa Bay. You've got Buffalo. You've got Tennessee. Um, you got the Las Vegas Raiders and you got the Cardinals who are 4-0 right now. But we haven't seen the Colts best yet. We have not seen the Colts best yet. I don't know when we're going to see it. I don't know if we're going to see it because they got a lot of injuries right now. But I think they need to get healthy. And I think this team is going to get better. And remember what we saw last year with Phillip Rivers, right? The offense just wasn't right the first four or five weeks. Remember how bad he was against Cleveland? Then he really started to hit his stride. Now, Carson Wentz is not Phillip Rivers. We know that. They play very different styles. And Rivers was a master, right? It was it was just fun to watch him control the offense. But I do think Wentz, by November and December, is going to be pretty comfortable with this offense and going to be playing much more consistent football. He's already shown you that he can do it. If you get Braden back, you get Quentin back, you get Ryan Kelly back at an all-pro level, and Fisher settles in. You can do some things with that offensive line and you can do some things with Jonathan Taylor. And you've already seen Michael Pittman become a badass, right? I mean, he's he's just an angry receiver. And if you get him the ball, he can do some stuff. Yeah. Moali Cox can do some stuff. It's it's a shame because they really just had a absolutely horrendous training camp in terms of the guys that were out and they had to rush back and they just weren't right to start the season. And on top of that, they played like crap. There's no way to excuse them from that. However, I think they're going to have a puncher's chance to make this interesting down the stretch if they can get healthy. If they don't get healthy, I don't like their chances because we've seen how bad they can be if they're not right. So 
it's going to be fun. I think they have a higher ceiling than they've shown. But um, if it, it, it really is for me, it starts with getting healthy and it starts with it starts with Braden Smith coming back. I, they need to fix that because I think the defense will slowly get better. And I think Darius looked better today. But this team doesn't go anywhere without offensive line not being fixed. And it starts with getting that right tackle back. Yeah, hopefully he's getting closer. We'll see. I think we'll learn more this week. They have an extra day with the Monday night game, so we'll see. You know, the one thing I will say looking at this schedule, the the one thing that that they cannot rely on is they, they can't rely on just beating the bad teams. They're going to have to step up and they're going to have to beat some competitive teams, some really competitive yeah. teams. That That is a fact. And, and I think that's good, though, because, I mean, they're not going to be able to back into this. If the Colts kind of get hot, if you, you know, to – for lack of a better word, if they actually start rolling a little bit, there it's going to be something they actually earned because again they just can't do this just by cherry picking the bad teams. They're going to have to. You're go not going to beat. You're not going to see Jacoby Brissett every week. No, you know, no. And so I mean that's good though. I mean again, so if, if they're in the mix at the end of the year, you will know that this team is you know it's got some legitimacy. I think because they can't. Do it by just beating the Jacksonvilles. They're going to have to go and have a, a game like they did last year against Green Bay and just go shock the world and beat somebody like that. And, and you know, but that's what that's what viable teams do. They they win games they're not supposed to win sometimes, and that's how you become a team that's in the mix. You've got to go win games that people don't expect you to win. So we'll see. I, I think they're capable of it, but they're a long way from there. They're a long way from there right now, and we'll just have to see if they can get there. Uh, so I don't know. I, I just I think that's the takeaway from here is that, you know, cautious optimism, but also understanding <laughs> they're not there yet. And and how long it takes them to get there is going to determine, you know, how far they can go. That's yeah. what I really believe. So, uh, well, we'll see. Uh, we're going to have some coverage of this of this team this week, as we always do. And uh, we're getting ready. We've already uh, got stories posted wrapping up this game. So make sure you check that out. Uh I wrote on the quarterback situation. Zach has more about you know some of the conversations that happened between players this week and and just the state of this team right now. So that's a good read. Check that out. And uh, and, and Bob Kravitz chimed in as well as he uh, certainly uh, does each Sunday. So uh, we appreciate you hanging with us on the late night edition of One uh, Percent Better. And we appreciate you listening. Uh, we'll be back next week with more. And we appreciate you listening to the Athletic. This is One Percent Better.